0: To everyone tonight, to if you're a guest this evening, we're so glad to have you in service with us, joining us online, wherever you're watching us from, pray that you're blessed tonight. Ephesians chapter 1, this is one of those times I'm going to make a deal with you. If you'll stay standing while I read a bunch of verses, I'll let you sit down and I'll keep standing. How's that? I mean, that's what I'm going to do anyway, but if you don't mind... But I am going to read a bunch of verses. But Ephesians 1, verse 15. Ephesians 1, 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. May give unto you. Just, just give it to you. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling. what the riches of this, What the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. So what Paul is saying is, I I, I want the same power that raised Christ from the dead, same power to work in you, Which, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth filleth all in all. Verse 1 of chapter 2. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Anybody ever seen someone resurrected? I have. Because before you were born again, you was dead. You were dead in your sins. And trespasses, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God... But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Oh, by the way, by grace you're saved. That's what I think of when I see something in parentheses sometimes. By the way, just so you know. And hath raised us, somebody say us, hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It didn't say He will raise us. It says He has raised us. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Father, thank you so much again for the opportunity of being in your presence, first and foremost to lift up, to worship you. Lord, we could never worship you too much. I don't even know if we can worship you enough, Lord, in response to all that you've done for us. You deserve as much as we could ever give. So thank you for this privilege. Lord, we don't sing and worship just out of habit or ritual. We we do that because it is how we enter your presence, but we also do that because you are worthy of it all. You're always worthy of our worship and our praise. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your spirit flowing in this service this evening. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us. I pray that there would be revelation and understanding that would come to us tonight. I trust you tonight. I depend on you once again for your anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, there's this... There's this thing that really, I mean there's a lot of things, but let me rephrase it. One of the things that really amazes me about God is that He basically always provides what He asks or requires of us. I really want to not say basically and just say always, but I'm going to say basically. Basically. Just to leave a little bit of wiggle room there. But God basically always provides what He wants us to give or to do. One of the examples of that to me is He says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son. And I want you to sacrifice your only son. Abraham gets all the way up to the mountain, he builds the altar, he puts Isaac on the altar, he takes the knife back, and he is about to plunge the knife into Isaac, and the voice says, hold on, now I know, now I know that you're willing to obey me, and if you look over there in the bushes, I've actually got a sacrifice for you. It's kind of like when God asks a question. There's times in Scripture where God asks a question. There, there's times in the Gospel where Jesus asks a question. Don't make the mistake of thinking if God ever asks you a question, it's because He doesn't know the answer. Before you jump to answering the question, you might want to take a pause because God's questions are usually to set you up. Because He's already got the answer, and a lot of times your answer is not the right answer. But God, God provides what He asks of us. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. We should not be trying hard. We should not be trying harder. We should be trying less and giving in more, not to the flesh, but giving in to the power of God that is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How many of you got the Holy Ghost here tonight? If you've got the Holy Ghost, that means when you do wrong, you are having to fight against what is in you, trying to do what is good. Oh, Jesus. Galatians 2.20, I'm going to read this one again later, but Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's actually not me that's living. It's Christ. It's Christ living in me. Or can I say it this way? It's Christ living through me. Whatever God is asking of you, whatever God's requiring of you, he, He is willing to provide the resources to do it in you and through you. Let me read a couple of those verses to you from chapter 1 in a couple of translations, other translations. The Living Bible says it this way, verse number 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future He has called you to share. I, I, I pray that He would flood your heart with light so that you can see something of the future He has called you to share. The Scripture says where there is no vision, the people perish. How many of you here, this, this isn't really a trick question, so just, just telling you that in advance. How many of you here, you know, not just, not just saying it, but you know you really need to get in better shape physically? Some of you must really need to get in good shape because you can't even get your arm up in the air. You're so out of shape. I know some of you got your your, your hands raised on the inside. Oh, you want me to raise my hand? <laughs> anybody? Anybody make a New Year's resolution to get in shape? Anybody? Come any 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 of you that made it have succeeded? I see one hand what what, what is one of the reasons we struggle to get in shape we just don't really have the motivation just the fact that you, you really should is not enough as evidenced by all the hands that were just raised it's not enough how many of you know you need to cut back on the sweets? Well, start tomorrow because they got a bake good auction tonight. Yeah. Most, many of us, not most, many of us, some of you are, some of you, I don't like you because you don't like sweets. I don't like you because that's not fair. It is not fair for somebody to not like sweets. I mean, I'm not volunteering to not like sweets, but it would make my life a whole lot easier. But I guarantee you, if you went to the doctor tomorrow, many of you that have no motivation to really change anything, if you went to the doctor tomorrow and he said, you know what, if you don't change, you got three months to live. All of a sudden, you'd get in shape. You'd start getting rid of the sweets because you now have a motivation. The Bible says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." But actually, the, you kind of get into the original. It says, "If the, if where there is no vision, people cast off restraint." You know why some of you have no motivation to deny ungodliness and live righteously? Because you don't have any motivation. You don't, you don't have vision. And you know what? Just making it to heaven and not going to hell is not enough vision. You gotta have a vision of, of, of where God is trying to take you, of, of where God wants you to go. Even Jesus himself did not go through the cross just because he had to. Hebrew says he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. The living Bible, I I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. Man, this, this front row over here is so awesome. Full of these young ladies it's 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 more common usually to have guys on the front row was this is this is an awesome thing you know what's going to keep you ladies there you know what's going to keep you guys there it's not going to be well i need to go to church because that's what we're supposed to do It's not gonna be, well, I, I gotta behave because the Bible says if I sin, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, that's not gonna be enough. If that was enough, we wouldn't be in this sanctuary tonight because we'd be in a much bigger building. Because in 50 years of the history of this church, if that was enough, we wouldn't have enough place to put everybody. But if you would let God flood you with an idea of where he wants to take you and what he wants to do in and through you, then you're going to have some motivation to keep doing what you're doing, not just because obligation and duty, but because there's some place I'm going. I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. I want you to realize that god has that God has been made rich because we because we who are Christ have been given to him ooh did you hear did you hear that I got a question How rich are you making god he said he, he says that God has been made rich because we who are Christ, have been given to Him. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great His power is to help those who believe Him. It is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. I know I said it already, but I'm going to say it again. The same power on that third day that brought Jesus out of the grave. Paul says that's the same power that is working in you. I got a question. What is it you are dealing with in your life tonight that is any greater or more difficult to overcome than coming out of a grave after three days. The uh, Message Bible says it this way, verse number 16. I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank, I ask. I ask the God of our Master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally. Your eyes, focused and clear, so that you can see exactly what He is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Lastly, the Passion Translation says it like this. Verse 17, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that He finds in us, His holy ones. You, You are God's inheritance. You are God's inheritance. What kind of inheritance are you giving God? There's power that is available to work in you so that you can give God a pretty amazing inheritance. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. I got a question. Is there anybody tonight that you really feel like you can say that you are continually experiencing the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith? Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted Him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you many of you have ever gone out and purchased something or got online and purchased something because of an advertisement yeah somebody do it in your bed at night scrolling instagram because the ad pops up Ooh man look at that an advertisement what does an advertisement do Catches your attention and it, it tells you about a product and what it can do and, and how good it is, how helpful it can be or how nice it would look in your house or how, how great the car drives. It, 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 it entices you. You and I are supposed to be God's advertisement. You and I are God's billboard. I got a question. What are people thinking about based on your advertisement? Do the people you work with see the advertisement and go, man, I, I want to know something about your Jesus. I, I want to know something about what you got. I, I want to know something about that peace. I, I, what is it about you? You've always got a smile on your face. What What is it about you that no matter how someone treats you, you're still kind and Y'all sure are quiet. You are God's advertisement. Or is it the other way? Who was it? I don't remember how it goes, but Gandhi said, I think it was Gandhi said something like, "I, I, I like your Christianity, but I just don't like the Christians or something like that. We are God's Advertisement. I got a question. Has God lost His power? Has God's ability diminished? Absolutely not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power remains the same. Therefore, if I will allow Him to do what He wants to do in me, then I ought to be an advertisement of His immense power. Oh, Jesus. Paul said there's there's three things in verses 18 and 19. There, there's three things Paul says I want you to know. Number one is I want you to know the hope of His calling. Number two, I want you to know what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And number three, what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe. Paul said, I want you to know that. You gotta understand most of the time when the scripture's talking about knowing, it's not talking about an intellectual knowledge. It's talking about an experiential knowledge. I want you to experience the hope of his calling i want you to experience the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and i want you to experience the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe oh man this was supposed to be a really positive encouraging message maybe the problem is we we see a gulf a gap between how and where we're living versus what Paul's talking about. I don't think God intended for this Christianity thing to be a drudgery. I did it this morning. I'm going to do it tonight. I'll probably do it again before the next couple of weeks are over. So, my apologies to all the non sports people. March madness is going on, and it is madness. This is one of the most exciting, entertaining years ever that I can recall upsets near upsets and i watch i said this recently i don 't know if it's something about getting old or what i i i don't i don't play to any i don't ever play a game just to play for the just to do the best you can to all of you precious people that it's not about whether you win or lose it's about how you play the game. You probably aren't very athletic, so that's the way to just deal with your lack of athleticism. To the people that have any kind of athletic drive, it's not about how you play the game; it's about whether you win or lose. And I, I, I I've sat, and and we were out of town, went out of town for a couple of days this week, Western Maryland went to the snow since the snow never came to us, and uh, so had some downtime and watched a bunch of basketball on Thursday, watched some on Friday, and uh, the Lord blessed me with a headache yesterday. I didn't really feel like doing much, so I just sat on the couch. I had a headache. I, I was going to do a big project outside in the yard, but I had a headache. I did. Really, I did. It just so happened there was something entertaining sit on the couch and watch, but I did have a headache. I really did. I, I don't know if it's just something about getting older or what, but I find myself having sympathy for the losers. But really, it's, it, 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 it comes from this, especially, Brother Barr, watching those high-level sports, college and professional It it, it comes from the fact that these are guys and girls who have given their lives to something. Sold out to it. They've sacrificed things to, to train and learn. They've gone to schools different from where their friends went to schools to create better opportunities. And you do all of that, not just so you can play the game, but you do that because you dream of winning the national championship. 68 teams started out. They expanded it, added teams that play in now to the 64. 68 teams started out. One team. Ten guys or so per roster, so 68 times 10, that's 680, right? Ten guys out of all of that are going to end up in a couple of weeks cutting down the net as the champions. One team, and there's actually a chance it won't be the best team. In a single game, the best team doesn't always win. That's the beauty of a playoff that has multiple games, a series to each round. You can afford a bad game. March Madness, you can't afford a bad game. NFL playoffs, college football, you can't afford a bad game. One bad game, you're done. That's why on Thursday there was some big upsets, but then on Saturday the team that upset somebody got run off the court. Because a better team had a bad day Thursday, but they met their match yesterday. I'm preaching good. But they live their life. That's why you see Guys sitting there on the sidelines, some of them that would never cry in public, on national TV sitting there with tears flowing down their face because their dream has just been crushed. But do you understand? Do you understand the hope of your calling? The hope of your calling is not you're going to give yourself to something and you've got no guarantee whether or not it's going to succeed. But the hope of a calling that comes from Him is that you will succeed. You will win. You will be victorious. No, no, that doesn't mean he's going to use you the same way he uses somebody else. But the hope of the calling is, if you give yourself to the calling that God has for you, you will be victorious. You will. You will. You will. You won't be disappointed. You won't be pushed to the sideline because somebody else wins and you lose. The hope of the calling is, if you respond to the calling that God has for your life, He is going to equip you, He is going to empower you, and He will do it through you. Uh, What is the hope? Here's the hope of my calling. He which hath begun a good work. He which hath begun a good work in me, if I'll just stay in the process, if I'll just stay yielded to the working and the moving of His Spirit in my life, He which begun the good work is going to finish the work. He will finish. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know We know that when he shall appear, we're going to be like him. That's the hope of my calling. It's not about chance. We're all waiting to see. Not all. Some of you have no care, no interest in it, so strike that from the record. Some of us are waiting to see who's going to be this year's National champions for March Madness. Waiting. Because we don't know. Do you know when, when uh, King Ahasuerus decided to call all of the fair virgins to the palace? That Esther didn't come there to compete. There was no competition. There was no competition. That was just the circumstances that God used to get her in the palace. It was already determined that she was going to the palace. I'm preaching to some people tonight. You don't necessarily know the outcome where you are right now, but God's already decided. He has begun something in you, and if you will stay in the process, it's not a competition for who gets to the palace. He's already called you. already picked you. She was already chosen the first day she showed up. Oh, Jesus. You know, the other thing that's so wonderful, you know, you're getting old when you start hearing people that are in their prime and they're young enough to be your kids. They're talking about that. Well, he's in his prime. How old is he? Well, he's in his late twenties. Hold on a minute. I got, I got a son-in-law in his late twenties. That, that ain't, ain't, Don't be telling. If that, if somebody in their mid to late twenties is in their prime, what in the world? I am a relic. And if I'm a relic, some of you are fossils. <laughs> Jalen up here this morning talking of defining old people by AARP stuff in the mail. I can't help they got mixed up and sent me that. Not my fault. That make me old. Tear that thing up, throw it in the trash. As Brother Greg Godman would say, demons of hell. There's a few things I'm I'm just embracing. That's not one of them yet. That's what that's what's that's one of the things that's so amazing about the kingdom. I'm looking at some precious saints of God here tonight that from a worldly standpoint, a worldly perspective, you're you're over the hill. You're beyond your prime. But it doesn't, it's not automatically that way in the kingdom. There's never a point in the kingdom where you're beyond your prime. Because as long as you're breathing, you've got a hope of a calling. As long as you're alive, there is a purpose. No, it may not be the same purpose you've always had, but there's always a purpose in the kingdom. And there is a power inside of you to produce. And fulfill that purpose. Oh, Jesus. Let me, let me read on chapter 2, the Amplified. Man, there's some good stuff in here. And you, He made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins in which at one time you walked habitually, you were, fu- you were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. You weren't always as sanctified as you are tonight. You weren't always as holy as you are tonight. You used to be just like them. You used to do what they did, what they do, without even thinking twice about it. But while you were dead in your sins, here's what boggles my mind, and I may come back to this in a minute with some of these other verses. But if 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 there was enough power of God to quicken you when you were dead in your sins, how is there not enough power to quicken you when you are alive in Him? If when you were dead in your sins He quickened you, what will He do for you when you're alive? what? Some people don't want victory. You've gotten so used to living in the mully grubs, you don't want to move. You've gotten so used to everybody walking around feeling sorry for you, you don't want to get over it. Because if you get over it, nobody's going to give you pity anymore. Well, you stay there if you want, but to stay there, you must be resisting Either the word of God is true or it isn't. And according to what Paul said, he's trying to work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So if it's not happening, I must be resisting. Oh, Jesus. Verse number 3, again, amplified. Among these we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh. Our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of His indignation like the rest of mankind. But God, but God, so rich, in his, so rich is he in his mercy because of, and, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses. He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ Himself, the same new life which He quickened Him for, which He quickened Him for. It is by grace, His favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's Salvation. And He raised us up together with Him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with, Christ, with Him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He did this that He might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of His free grace, His unmerited favor, and His kindness and goodness of heart toward us. Christ Jesus toward us. You, you, you got you to hear that again. Let, let's listen to that again. He raised us up together with Him, made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with Him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He did this. He sat us together in heavenly places that He might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of His free grace, His unmerited favor, and His kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. Immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Grace. Grace. Grace, grace, what greater treasure could you possibly possess than the grace of God? Grace, grace, I I, I said it several weeks ago, I've been hoping that the Lord would give me a chance to minister on Thursday nights, some on grace. Maybe it's Sunday nights. I've been missing it. but i got to tell you, I've, I've tried a couple of times to kind of dig in, Brother Middleton, to grace, and I'm, I'm just telling you it's intimidating. All right, all right, all right. The, uh, you, you start doing a little bit of reading of some commentaries on grace and, and these people that are supposed to be the, 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 the intellectual people. They don't even know how to really describe it. They acknowledge they don't even know how to. I mean, you said that one of the basic definitions we talk about, grace is unmerited favor. I mean, I guess so, but that is... That's just a small piece. Or Grace is what empowers us. Grace is what strengthens us. Grace is what helps us. Grace. Paul said, I, I had this thing going on, I had this issue in my life, and I, I prayed three times. I besought the Lord. I, I begged God three times take it away from me, God. Take it away. Take it away. And God responded. He said, "My grace is how do you explain that? My grace is Paul. I know what you want me to do. Here's what I'm going to do, but I'm going to give you grace, and it's enough. Some of you, some of you need to you, you, you need to you need to cut yourself a little bit of slack. Look where you're sitting right now." Where you're sitting right now. Most of us in this place, this is the last place we should be. What is that? Grace. It's grace. You're not here because you've got such determination. You're not here because you've got such willpower. There's not one of us that has enough willpower to make up our minds that no matter what we go through, I'm going to overcome it. It is the grace of God that is working in and through us. Grace. For by grace are you saved. Grace, grace to me is what motivates God to do what he does. But then grace is what empowers us. Grace. 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 I I, I don't mean this, I'm going to ask a question. I don't mean it to be unkind. I mean it to try to challenge you and stir you. How many of us sitting here tonight can say that I am living with this overwhelming awe of the grace of God that is at work and moving in my life? And, And I'm here because of the grace of God. Some of you are sitting here tonight, well, I don't know how I'm still here, but I'm here. Grace! Well, I made it tonight, I'm not sure how. Grace! Well, I told somebody about Jesus yesterday, but I didn't feel like it. I don't know how. Grace. My kids were getting on my last nerve, and I still loved them anyway. Grace. My spouse was getting under my skin, but I was still nice. Grace. 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 Wow. Grace. Grace. You know what I think part of our problem with grace is? If we acknowledge it's grace, then we can't take the credit. Because a lot of us like to hang over others what we do. When I acknowledge it's grace, I can't take any credit. I know some of you came, you, m- many of you here tonight, you weren't raised in church. I was born and raised in church. I was in church within the first couple of days of my life. My mom was probably on the organ in the first couple of days. Never drank, never smoked, never done drugs. I was virgin when I got married. Really good guy from a natural perspective. But I have what I have because of grace. Because it doesn't matter how good you supposedly are. Scripture says there's none good, no, not one. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. I mean, it, it, here's the deal. anybody Anybody like to see somebody waste something that belongs to you? Somebody, you? You loan something to somebody, and they bring it back, and it's not good condition. What? That's frustrating. I wonder how God feels. When he looks around and sees grace that was freely given. Let me just throw it off on the side. Ah, whatever. Are you kidding me? The very thing to empower you. The very thing that empowers you. That is freely given. Freely given. Grace. Grace. The odd thing is, the word grace is actually in the Greek is usually basically thanksgiving. It's not even unmerited favor. Thanksgiving? Why is the definition of grace thanksgiving? I don't know, maybe you have an explanation for it, but so far the only thing I can come up with, the reason that the definition of grace is thanksgiving is because what grace does in our lives. If we acknowledge what grace is doing and where grace is coming from, then it automatically should respond in thanksgiving. Paul says, I want you to know. I want you to know. The riches, the immeasurable riches. I read one of these verses, all, the first, this first verse already, but I'm going to read another verse connected to it, and that's Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me now watch this i do not frustrate the grace of god for if righteousness come by the law then christ is dead in vain i do not frustrate the grace of god Paul says I do not frustrate the grace of God. I got a question. I wonder how many of us tonight are frustrating the grace of God. Because the grace of God is trying to do things in our lives, but we are not allowing it to work. This is what the worst this is what the word frustrate means in the Greek. Listen to this. It means to set aside, to neutralize or violate, to disesteem. Then Thayer's Greek lexicon says the word frustrate means to thwart the efficacy of anything, to nullify, to make void, to frustrate. If the grace of God is not working in your life, it is because you are doing something to nullify it. Because grace is never the problem. Grace is never the issue. You never get a bad batch of grace. Grace has no expiration date. Grace is not like batteries sitting around in your house forever. They don't even get used and they run out of power. Grace always works. Grace is always enough. Grace is always sufficient. Grace always has what it takes. So therefore, if grace is not doing in my life what grace is supposed to do, it's not on God, it's on me. I am somehow setting aside. Oh, Jesus. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Anybody ever had... Or have small children, and when you had small children you you, you you wanted to help them do something you knew how to do it, but they had their minds made up. It was frustrating because you could help them you, you knew how to do it, and they, they they couldn't do it, they didn't have the knowledge or the ability but you but, but they, they wouldn't let you help. I wonder how many times God feels like a frustrated parent. I, I I got, no thanks God, I got it. I, want something? No, I don't want. Okay, well, you're not going to be able to do that without my grace. So just let me know when you're ready to quit and accept my grace. Oh, why not stick with some more sports analogies for all of you sports haters? in 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 golf you have you have uh you got about 14 clubs in your bag i think 14 is the max and you have you have you have a, a bunch of clubs that are called irons and then you have some that are called woods they're called woods cuz years ago they were made out of wood now most of them aren't made out of wood but they're still called wood and and the irons they they usually range for most people they range from a 3 iron to like a a nine iron, and then a couple other different names on the irons. And The difference is that the, the higher the number, the more the angle on the club. If you don't learn about grace tonight, you'll at least learn a little bit about golf. <laughs> and the deal is that the straighter that iron is, the more upright it is, the farther you hit it, or the farther you should hit it. And so the, the the more the more uh, the, the, the greater the angle, not only the less distance you hit it, but also the higher it will go. But the the problem is this: when you're hitting one of those higher numbered clubs, that have a greater angle or a greater loft. Sometimes, subconsciously, if you're, if you're needing it, let's say there's water out there in front of you and you're needing to get the ball up, it, it, as, especially as amateurs, what you will do is you will swing and you will literally lift up. Because your mind, your brain is telling you, you got to get the ball up. And guess what happens when you swing and try to lift the ball up? It goes straight in the water. I can hear my dad in my head just getting ready to hit a shot like that that you need to get the ball up. He'll say, just just let the club face work. Just let the club face work. Because if you'll just focus on just swinging the ball, the club face is designed to get the ball in the air. You don't have this. You know how some of you are living for God? Just, Just let it work. You know how some of you are living for God? Just let it work. We exalt Thee. We exalt Thee. We exalt Thee, O oh Lord. I'm letting grace work. You know, you're worshiping. No, I'm letting grace work. I, 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 where, I was going to say the rapture took place, but we're all still here. Brother Kevin Breckenridge was sitting right there. He just got raptured. He's back there. I, I heard him say it there in prayer. Last few moments of leading prayer. I don't remember exact words. He was the way exactly the way he said it, but the gist of what he said was just, just, just open up your spirit, open up your heart, because as you do that, it doesn't matter what we do next. If we if we dance, if we shout, if we cry, you're, you're going to be ready for that. You know, you don't have to make grace work. Come on, grace. Come on, grace. Come on, grace. Come on, grace. I would say some of you need spiritual laxatives, but I won't. That would be kind of inappropriate. (laughs) You've got to to let it work. That's why I've said it. We're going to keep, we'll keep, pretty much just about every time we come together, we're going to take time in a service to pray for needs. But I got a question. If you're sitting back here and you've got a need, and and the pastor, isn't it really cool when you refer to yourself in a third person, right? And the pastor says, if you got a need, one of those times where he'd come down front. If you got a need, come down front. I got a question. When you get up out of your seat and you start walking down to the front, what are you thinking about? Boy, God, you are so good. You are so big. You are bigger than my You can, oh, God, you are great. You are so, Woo! yeah. No. That, that, That ain't what you're doing. I'm coming, but I don't think anything's going to happen. <sighs> Cause my problem is so big. i got such a great need. and I don't really think God's going to do anything for me. And I'm going to come anyway, because that's what the pastor said do. So I'm going to come down here. I throw up my hands and I'll... <laughs> and everybody comes and prays for you. People are reading your mail. They're prophesying to you. And you put your hands down and you go back and you sit down. And what do you do? You're just like your kids. I know you're going to say no, but you got exactly what you were expecting. That's why I think it's a lot easier to get what you need during worship than it is during burden bearing. Because during burden bearing, you're just we exalt you, we lift you up, you're worthy of it all. You're the King of Kings, you're the Lord of Lords, you're the Almighty God, you're the everlasting Father, you're the Prince of Peace. I believe you're my healer. I believe you're more than enough for me. And as you're doing that, what you don't realize is you're releasing grace. grace. Grace, and grace is beginning to work and doing you what needs to be done. Uh, I want you to know what the hope of your calling is. I want you to know what the riches of the glory of this inheritance is. in the saints, I want you to know the exceeding greatness of His power. To us were to believe. I, I I know that I know the parable footprints is not Bible, but I think it's first of all it's just a not parable, the poem, sorry. First of all, I think it's just a great poem. If you've never read the poem Footprints, go go look it up when you get home. And and, and a part of that part of that poem, the writer says where, where did you go when I needed you the most? Because before my trial, before my problem, there was two sets of footprints. But when things got bad, there was only one set of footprints. How amazing is it that the automatic response is, God, where did you go? You need to look at those footprints one more time. They're a little bit bigger than yours. Where did you go? When I needed you the most, you abandoned me. The response is, I was carrying you. This just hit me several years ago now with that poem. How, How absolutely true is that? In the moment the person needed God the most and presumed God abandoned them, they didn't even understand God was carrying them. I've said it, it's been a while since I've said I've never, still to my recollection, I have never one time shook under the power of God. I've seen people do it all my life. Some of you haven't been around long enough to see. Brother Brother Middleton. Oh, come on. Get on on me, Jesus. I've, I've even tried a few times. Come on Lord, I'll jump start it if you'll help me out. <laughs> Nothing. I've watched ladies, the power of God hit them. They start you better, you better duck, because if they got bobby pins in their hair, it's like darts. <laughs> Never had it. Maybe one day. I don't see them. Bishop doesn't do it quite as much, but years, for the years, boy, he'd be preaching. He'd get a, he'd get a little shake. Just a little. He didn't, it didn't get out of control, but just. Some of y'all don't know, when I was a teenager, I could dance like anybody in this church. I don't do that anymore. I'm getting old. I've never, I've never, I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again tonight. I've never stood at a viewing next to the casket of a saint of God as a spouse or a child or a parent stood by that casket and stood there going, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Boy, I feel it. I've never seen it. I probably will one day, but I have yet to see it. I think we have misjudged. We often think oftentimes think the times the power of God is the greatest is when we're shaking all over the place. I wonder if sometimes the reason we're shaking all over the place is because we're like a balloon that was blown up and not tied. So when you finally release it and let it go, it just spews out all over the place. I don't know. I've never seen I've watched time and time again as people have stood by that casket with just an abiding peace. They didn't realize there was somebody that was holding them. Grace. I think the times that grace is often the most effective in our lives is when we aren't even aware that it's working working I want you to know the riches I want you to know the hope of your calling I don't know about you but I think I'm just getting more and more weary with this Eeyore mentality about Christianity well I'm going to church I gotta pray this morning. I gotta read my Bible. What? You need to change characters. Some of you need to get rid of your Eeyore costume. You need to get some Tigger going. You need to get a fresh bounce in your step. Because when you acknowledge, I'm only here by the grace of God. And I'm going to keep going because of the grace of God. That's a reason to get excited. I know I don't have what it takes. I know I can't do it by myself. But there is an immeasurable amount of grace. I want you to know the riches. God wants you to know the riches of His grace. Grace. Grace is enough. Grace is enough. Grace. 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 God's grace. Grace that can pardon and cleanse within grace grace God's grace greater than is that greater than all my sin greater than all my weaknesses greater than all my shortcomings grace 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 why don't somebody just throw up your hands right now and just let some grace work the immeasurable riches the immeasurable riches you're never going to be strong enough but there's always going to be grace You're never going to get it all together, but there's always going to be grace. You're never going to overcome every shortcoming, but there's always going to be grace. Come on, that's it. Just let the grace of God flow through this place right now. Just let the grace of God sweep over you right now. Hanorobo satayala boho sata la bahaya it was Paul's request. It was Paul's prayer for them to know. But can I tell you this evening, God wants you to know. God wants you to experience His abundant grace. Grace is going to get you through. Grace is going to sustain you. Grace is going to keep you. Grace is going to empower you. Grace, 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 grace. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Grace, grace. Oh, grace. Grace, 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 grace. <laughs> There's enough There's always going to be enough You don't have to worry about your supply of grace running out You don't have to worry about rationing grace in your life. Morning by morning, new mercy I see. There's always going to be enough grace. Some of you are already doing it. If you don't need to respond for yourself right now, why don't you let grace flow through you to somebody else? If you don't need it for yourself right now, why don't you be a conduit for grace to flow in the name of Jesus. Let your immeasurable riches work in this place right now, God. Let your immeasurable riches work in this place right now. He might not take away your thorn, but He's going to give you grace. He might not remove the thorn, but He's going to give you grace. He might not take away the sickness, but He's going to give you grace. He might not take away all the pain but he's going to give you grace. He might not remove all the struggles, but he's going to give you grace. 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 Oh, thank you for your grace. Thank you that it's a gift. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. I can't work for it. But you freely give it. In my weaknesses, I'm made strong. That's grace. In my weaknesses, I'm made strong. That's grace. He might not take away the weakness, but He'll be made strong in your weakness. Grace grace, grace, grace oh grace thank you for your grace thank you for your grace yes yeah thank you for grace I don't have what it takes I don't have the strength I don't have the ability but your grace can do it in me and through me your grace can do it God your grace can do it your grace your grace Oh thank you for your grace 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 Lord you freely give grace Help us to freely receive. Lord, you freely give grace, so help us freely receive it. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to try to do something to deserve it. It's just a gift that you give freely. Oh, thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you, Lord, that even if I don't feel grace working, it's working. Thank you, Lord, that even if I don't feel it, it's still working. Thank you, Lord, that in those moments I think I'm on my own, doing it by myself grace is still working oh thank you for grace thank you for your grace thank you for your grace thank you for your grace Lord I got a bunch of areas where I'm lacking I got a bunch of areas where I fall short But thank You for grace. Thank You for grace that You pour in, that fills in the gap. Thank You for grace that makes up the difference. Thank You, God, that whatever it is You're looking for from me, You provide the strength, the grace. Thank You. Thank You. Thank You for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Oh, Jesus. Kalaboko sata ramanda ye. Ela ramaya tolo moko sata ramaya. She la mando roboko seye a ramana. Grace grace in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus and where would I be Oh you only, you only know oh yes you see, I'm so glad the way you look at me, Lord, is through
1: eyes
0: of love. Through eyes of love, not of judgment, not wrath, not anger, but you look at me through eyes of love. An empty place, oh, if not for grace,
1: if, not for, if grace, not for grace, amazing grace, how sweet, how
0: sweet. Oh how sweet the sound I once was lost such a sweet sound lord you're But
1: now I'm found. Oh yes a hopeless case an empty place Oh if not for grace If not for
0: grace not for grace where would i be uh, oh you lord know i know i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for grace i'm glad you see i don't know where i'd be but it wouldn't be here god if it wasn't for through your grace eyes of love
1: oh oh thank you thank you for grace in empty place. thank you for grace lord if not for grace oh yes oh yes amazing grace, oh, amazing grace. how sweet, sweet the, the sound I once, I once was lost
0: For grace.
1: Amazing grace. Oh,
0: somebody needs to hear that How sweet, sweet sound, sound right now. It's not a harsh sound. I once was lost. Grace is not a judgmental sound. But now I'm found. Grace is not an accusing sound. A oh, it's such a sweet sound. And then such a
1: sweet sound if not not for for grace oh yeah where would I be
0: you only know Lord you only know oh I'm so glad the way you look at us Jesus I'm glad you see Lord I'm so thankful you look at us through eyes eyes of love through eyes of grace Oh, Oh, thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. An empty place. If not for your grace. If not not for for your grace. grace. If not for your grace. Amazing grace. Oh, how sweet.
1: How sweet the sound. How sweet the sound. I once was lost. Oh, thank you for now I'm found, a hopeless case, An an empty place, if not for grace, a hopeless case, an empty place. grace
0: I need your mercy I need your grace I need your hand leading the way I can't make it without you Not for one day, I need your mercy, I need your grace, I need your mercy, I need your grace. I need your hand leading the way. I can't make it without you, not for one day. I need your mercy. I need your mercy, I need your grace, I need your hand leading the way. I can't make it without you, not for one day, I need your mercy. mercy I need your grace I need your hand leading the way I can't make it without you not for one day I need your mercy grace I need your mercy I need your grace I need your hand leading the way I can't make it without you not for one day I need your mercy. I need your grace. You know, I feel like... I feel like we think, at least subconsciously, God did the most, provided the most for us to get saved. you realize God has done just as much and provided just as much of what we need to stay saved as he did for us to get saved. I don't know why it is we think, or we, excuse me, I'll rephrase that. I don't know why it is we know we can't be saved without him, but once we get saved, we think we've got to do it ourselves. It's grace. It's grace. Father, I thank You so much for Your sweet presence that has swept into this sanctuary. But God, I pray that this would be more than just a response in this service. God, I pray that we would each, every single person in this sanctuary I pray, God, that we would leave this place tonight with a greater revelation, a greater understanding, and a greater level of faith in your grace that is at work and that will continue to be at work in our lives. Lord, there's no mistake we've made or will ever make that catches you by surprise. Lord, there's no failure we've ever had in our past or we will ever have in our future that catches you by surprise. And you've already, already provided whatever grace we will need to make it through because your grace is always enough. I pray, God, that right now you would seal in our hearts, our minds, our spirits, your word. Lord, I know the enemy wants to devour and steal the seed of this Word before it can take root and produce the ultimate impact You desire. I pray You would protect it and seal it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. And uh, we'll, we'll, um, you guys want to set up for the cake auction in here. I'm okay with that. We'll have a little bit of good fellowship as well. I like being a part of an apostolic church. We know how to switch gears and go with the flow and we go high, we go low, we go—we we know how to do it. Praise God. So, God bless you. Remind you, we do have service Thursday evening, 7 o'clock. If you want to hang around for a few minutes, I can tell you there's some good stuff. It's getting ready to get auctioned off.